Hi everyone, I'm Ahana and I'm here with one half of our news updates. So this week, Celine and I could not film in person because Celine was sick all of last week, which is like Thanksgiving and stuff. So we couldn't film in person. And then this week, we just have like a lot going on with driving, classes, and then like just different activities that we're both doing. So we just weren't able to meet up um, and film online either. So what we decided to do is um, that I will be filming half of this news updates with my updates. And Celine will do the other half with hers. So this first half, um, I'll just get started. Um, so basically, we have a little, like, small little updates. Um, there weren't too many this week. But we couldn't really do like another topic because we weren't able to film in person. So we just opted for news updates. The first update I have is about Irene Cara. So Irene Cara was a very famous actress and singer. She was an Oscar and Grammy winner. And she was best known for the theme songs of fame and flash dance in the early 80s. Um, This past week, she's died um, at the age of 63, according to her publicist. Um, Irene Cara was an icon for many people, and as as a young person, she appeared on TV's Electric Company, and then she acted as a teen on the movies Aaron Loves Angela and Sparkle, so she did have a very big influence. Um, a lot of her fans and a lot of other celebrities tweeted about her death, saying that she was, quote, a beautifully gifted soul whose legacy will live forever through her music and films. So obviously she's very loved. Um, a lot of people like looked up to her and listened to her music a lot. Um, her breakthrough in fame came as Coco Hernandez in the 1980 musical Fame, which was basically about like New York's high school for the performing arts. She also had like a hit with that movie's title song and had another ballad that was called Out Here on My Own. Um, she was nominated for many different awards, like I said, the Oscar and the Grammy, as well as the Golden Globes, um, which is basically the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, the Oscars is the Golden Globes. I don't know. I said that twice. But basically, she just had a lot of influence and she was very, very important and prevalent in the music industry. She wrote a lot of songs and she actually um, was just an amazing singer and was very influential it's very sad that she's dead but she did live a very nice life um and she has done a lot she died at the age of 63 which is kind of young um but the reason for death hasn't been officially revealed yet um a lot of people think it might be like some condition because you know that is a kind of young age to die just for the average u.s citizen so Whatever it is, we are extremely sorry to anyone who's affected by her death. And obviously, we hope to recognize her legacy and sort of just leave within with a strong sort of, you know, like sort of just remembering her and thanking her for everything she's done. So that being said, um, I think we'll move on to the next update. The next update is kind of interesting. I feel like, for me personally, like, 
I honestly like didn't even really know about it until the morning and then everyone was talking about it but it was when the population reached 8 billion people so it happened on November 2022 um on the 15th so this past November 15th um and it is so like crazy to think that we have reached 8 billion people in the world like if you think of your school gym that probably holds like a thousand people imagine that entirely filled like all this the stands and that and then imagine that times 10 and then imagine that times 10 and then times 10 again and then times 100 and then times 100 and then like that's just so many people like it's unfathomable almost like like how crazy that even is but that's that's just crazy uh but basically people were doing the countdown and it took the global population 12 years to grow from 7 to 8 billion um which is like you know a a pretty long amount of time but like if you're thinking about it a billion people in 12 years like that is crazy and um there has been it has been observed that like people have been growing a lot faster um especially since like the baby boom time of like the late 90s um so like after you know world war ii there was like a baby boom and ever since then our growth has kind of just been really crazy but recently what we've seen is that the more developed countries like the u.s and other european like japan like all those developed countries those countries are slowing in their growth in modern times and this is like a lot to do with the culture of the countries um like i don't know if you guys have noticed but like recently i've noticed a lot of my friends and just like a lot of young couples like they don't want children so there's like a big cultural thing in those developing countries and i think the role that like um women play in society has definitely like it's a lot greater in those countries you know women have jobs now and there's less of a gender gap in these more developed countries which can lead women to not wanting as many children or like you know since they're not expected to have the role as being like the caretaker or the housewife there is like a less probability that they have children and you know just like that mindset has led a lot of people to having less children in these developed countries where in countries that are less developed like places in africa um like the countries in africa and then like a lot of places in asia as well there's like a lot of there's less development and a lot of females are still playing those typical gender roles which means that they um will still sort of play the role of the mother or the housewife and that can lead them to having a lot more children and also in these less developed countries there's less access to contraception or birth control as well as education about birth control and even what it is and um so like that can also prevent a lot of people from having like the education on their options as well as like getting jobs and like being educated about that thing and you know that can lead them to having a lot of children as well so we see the trend where like in the less developed countries that's where a lot of our growth is happening and then in the more developed countries you know where our growth is slowing down um so that's something that's been very apparent but now that the world's population has reached 8 billion a lot of people are wondering when it's going to reach 9 billion and it's actually expected to take 15 years which is longer than what it took from 7 to 8 billion which was 12 years it, from 8 to 9 i'll take 15 years which is a good thing because the that means that the rate of the 
overall growth of the global population is slowing down. And the reason that's good is because the population on Earth is kind of reaching like an overwhelming almost like place. Um, it's It's kind of concerning that we have this many people because if we continue to grow even like half as rapidly we'll start running out of food and energy um water and also climate change will be more contributed it's just like a lot of depletion of resources that we can't renew fast enough um then uh, that's like specific to things like fossil fuels you know like a lot of that type of stuff so like that because of that it's very difficult for us to you know sort of see where we can even go with everything and you know a lot of people are trying to find ways to like use energy that is renewable but it's very difficult to make that on a global scale and make it as efficient as like coal and stuff because right now we pretty much use non-renewable resources like we use oil we use fossil fuels like we use those and that is like the main source of energy so if we're trying to convert to a renewable source that's going to take a lot and it's going to take a very impressive proposal and it's going to take a lot of new construction and it'll just be a hassle so it's it's very unlikely that that's going to happen on a global scale in this quick of a time period that we kind of need it to be in so a lot of people are extremely concerned about where this is going and how the overpopulation of the world could be really dangerous in addition to like the um you know global warming aspect of it it also like the population increase can also like really increase the level and extent of like diseases that are you know devastating the world including COVID-19 you know a lot of people do think that the extent to which COVID-19 spread is largely due to the fact that there is a lot of clustered human populations everywhere and we did see that it spread very heavily in areas that were more populated like New York City like um, areas in China and you know so that is like another thing and also it's because um, since there's like a lot more people we need more houses and that means destroying a lot of environments and you know taking up that space Um, not only is that bad for animals and bad for climate change but that also allows us more access to wildlife habitats and that means we're coming in contact with wild animals that contain a lot of really dangerous diseases such as COVID-19 which was believed to have been found been like um, transferred from a bat to a human so like now that we're in contact with these wild animals on a very regular basis it will be super difficult to contain the spread of these deadly diseases so that's pretty much like the danger behind it and just like sort of everything surrounding that um kind of on the topic of waste and climate change as well i'm just going to talk about something that like i think is important because it just passed so thanksgiving just passed Uh, i hope you guys had a great thanksgiving um i love thanksgiving i think it's a great holiday to celebrate your your what you're grateful for and like remember things as well as give to your community but sadly thanksgiving is one of the most wasteful days in the year um food waste in the u.s is estimated to be about 30 to 40 percent of the nation's food supply and thanksgiving heavily heavily contributes to the overall waste 
So if you think about that, that means we're like basically like all the food that America gets and all the food that America makes, around half of that is being wasted. So if you think of all the food that every single person would eat, around half of that is wasted. Um, so like, that's just like crazy to me. Like, imagine half the food that you buy is like you have to just automatically give it up. That's kind of like a similar concept. Like all the, half the food that America gets and receives or grows itself is wasted by either people, by companies, um, it, it expires because people don't buy it, it's overestimated, and you just have to throw it away, people don't eat all their food, like, it's, it's crazy and outrageous the amount of food that we waste, um, and Thanksgiving, you know, because people are buying an, an excess amount of certain foods, like turkey, a lot of people don't end up eating it, a lot of stores buy an over, like, an unnecessary amount of it, like, they're kind of oversupplying in case, people want to buy like extra turkeys or something and then they end up having to throw it all away and it, it's just crazy um actually according to a post done by impact an average 172 million pounds of turkey 14 million pounds of dinner rolls 29 million pounds of vegetables 38 million pounds of stuffing and 40 million pounds of mashed potatoes are all wasted each year I, I, like, I, 172 million pounds of turkey. Think about how many turkeys that is. That's, like, that's, like, 172, 100, I don't even know. That's, like, a, that's, like, a crazy, crazy amount. Like, like, that's, like, 172, no, 172, 100,000 turkeys wasted that's crazy that's like out that's like beyond anything i can even imagine that's that's so outrageous um and i'm not even saying that it's because a lot of people like waste their food like a lot of people do throw away leftovers instead of keeping it or giving it to like homeless like making little care packages and giving extra food to homeless people like they don't really think about that and you know that is a part of the issue but I think like a larger part of the issue is the amount of food that stores wastes like if stores don't sell the food instead of donating it a lot of stores just throw it away in the garbage and that is a major contributor to waste like if you've seen the videos circulating about like how Dunkin Donuts like throws away all their donuts at the end of the day instead of like handing them out or like how um like King Supers like just dumps all the expired food instead of like composting it or something like that that is a big reason why we have food waste and you know like of course your individual families contribute as well but like the stores haven't crazy amount of food so if they're wasting a lot of it that's just like not only wasting money it's wasting production it's wasting food it's just gross and it's not good so the waste of food equates 225 gallons of water waste per person and 476,000 tons of carbon emissions i have no words 476,000 tons tons of carbon emissions that is so crazy like oh my god insanity 
I don't even know where to begin. But that's just a crazy amount of waste. And it's unacceptable. We definitely need to do things, start petitions to make stores taking more, you know, responsible route to disposing of food as well as like making sure that you yourself are making being more responsible with the way that you um use or waste food a great way to help with like your own like self usage of food is to take an inventory of the things you have to prevent overbuying i know like there's been times where i went and bought something and i get home and i realize i already had it and you know that can lead to waste so make sure you do that creating a meal plan can make sure that you like have not only healthy meals that can like help you with like creating a healthy diet for yourself but it can also help you like limit your food intake because you're just like planning exactly what you need instead of like just getting whatever you want like i know when you go to a grocery store you're kind of like looking at everything and you're just like let me take it all because i want it but you know realistically if you're making a list and you're making a meal plan then you're going to be like i want it but i don't need it and it's probably going to end up going to waste so it's better if i just get what i need um you can save and eat leftovers safely my family is super big on not wasting food we keep all our leftovers in airtight containers so they don't go bad and we make sure to eat it and if we can't we um make it for our dogs like if it's something healthy like vegetables and meat um otherwise we really make sure that we eat the most of it that we possibly can um we're currently living in a condominium so we don't really have like a place to compost but i'll get to composting later and how that's a great alternative if food goes bad um buying ugly foods like a lot of people buy foods purely for aesthetics you know like they buy the freshest looking apple but honestly the apple is going to end up tasting the same whether it has a little dent on it or not um so you know a lot of companies will, you know, deliver you ugly fruit that's going to taste exactly the same with like a monthly subscription. Or you could just go to your farmer's market and buy like organic healthy foods that may not look as cute just because they're like naturally grown. And those foods can be really good and they save you money. They can save you a lot. And they can also save the world of waste because a lot of those ugly foods, like the ugly looking squashes, end up going to waste because people don't want to buy them even though they taste the literal exact same. <laughs> um, another thing you can do is using your leftovers creatively. There's like this... Um, like channel that I watch called scrappy cooking videos you can probably google them on youtube I think it's like a tiktok channel though um I don't have tiktok but I see it like literally on instagram like everywhere so it's a really good channel to teach you how to use your leftovers in a creative way like potato peels she found a way to make it into like this muffin cake and it's delicious like she turns all these things that you would normally just throw away into these amazing delicious like re reusable healthy fresh foods and so it's very 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 good and you can use like soft fruits that you think have like been too soft to eat in oatmeal you can use stale bread to make bread pudding or egg strata or croutons you can use wilted vegetables for soups or stir fries like as long as it's not expired you can use it as scrappy cooking and it's a very very good way to eliminate your waste
Now, the last thing um, that I think is like a good way to eliminate your food waste is through composting. Um, I know Celine does this. It's, it's actually really cool. You basically have like a compost pile in your backyard um, and it's really good for providing nutrition and vitamins and minerals to your garden. So if you're interested in starting a garden or something like that, composting your food and like just putting banana peels, putting your rotted vegetables, putting like all that like leftover food in a pile and um turning them into a compost pile that you eventually can like mix into your soil and use for you know little garden plants and like regrowing food is such a smart idea um if you don't have room for a garden or you don't want a garden you can create small composting containers that you can keep in your home and use them for little potted plants or you know there's probably a lot of other things that i'm not really thinking of right now that you can use them for as well so i think it's just super important to keep your waste in mind and do what you can to eliminate the food waste in our country it can help with so many things it can help with global warming it can help with your money and you know you saving money it can help with your health it can help with just you know not taking what our privileges such as food to in vain you know and really just like making sure that we're being grateful and also putting good use to the things that we buy in our commodities so that being said, I think that's everything I had to say for this week. Um, stay tuned in the second half because Celine is going to be giving you some of her updates and things that she has found over this week that she feels like is super important for you to know. Other than that, um, Ahana will be signing off for now. But thank you so much. Um, and follow us and stay tuned. All of our social media is in the bio. Now check out Celine's second half. Bye. Hi everyone, it's Celine. So I'm sure Hannah already told you in the first half that we weren't unfortunately able to film together this week. So we're doing, um, she did the first half on her own and then I'm gonna do the second half on my own. But um, welcome back from the break. And I wish we could have filmed together, um, but next week we will. Um, so I have a lot of good news updates for this week. But I wanted to start off with something that's kind of just about the World Cup. So recently we defeated, a, the U.S. defeated Iran, which is kind of a big deal for us because we advanced in the World Cup and a lot of people are really happy about it because it was kind of like a much anticipated match. So that's definitely good for us and hopefully we'll keep doing well and we'll see what happens with that. Um, but that's pretty cool. But the first update I wanted to start off on is about China, because a lot has been going on in China recently. They've been in lockdown and there have been a ton of protests, like all over China. So basically, um, there's been a lot of protests over China's zero COVID policy. And I've talked about this in past episodes, um, because basically the zero COVID policy is like a really strict policy that china has where they don't tolerate like 
COVID cases. Like, they really want to stop the spread of COVID, and they're very, like, serious about, like, not letting it spread anywhere. Even if there's, like, in the U.S., what we would consider a small amount of cases, like, maybe, like, 20 cases or something, they would consider that a lot, and they might go on lockdown or do, like, a lot of preventative measures. Um, So they're just not very tolerant of a small amount of cases, and um, they'll as I said, like, go on lockdown, do mass mandates, stuff like that. Um, And they've also just been dealing with a lot of issues with COVID in, like, other senses. Like, they have kind of a shortage of hospital beds. Um, They don't have very adequate, like, medical facilities to treat people with COVID. There are fewer than four intensive care beds per 100,000 patients, actually, which really isn't a lot because it's, like, if someone's on a ventilator or if they're, like, seriously ill, they might not have access to, like, a medical facility. And a lot of people still haven't received boosters especially like elderly people and boosters can be really important to just like securing that um just the prior vaccines so they're dealing with issues with that but um basically they've been in lockdown actually for over a hundred days um so it's been a while that's a pretty long lockdown but the protests have just kind of begun recently over something that happened um also pretty recently so a large factor behind all the protests was a deadly fire last thursday in Arumqui, and the fire killed at least 10 people and injured nine others inside an apartment building and people were so mad because videos showed that the lockdown measures like in china had delayed firefighters from reaching the victims so basically they were mad because they thought if we didn't have these lockdown measures and stuff the firefighters would have been able to like reach those victims in the fire and would have been able to save more people so less people died the outcome would have been a lot better if they weren't in lockdown and like i'm sure a lot of people just didn't like the lockdown to begin with but this kind of solidified that because it's like a specific scenario showing like it's actually disrupting our ability to um like respond to these major issues like fires and stuff like that um so that was basically what cause all these protests to emerge and there are videos of protesters marching to government buildings demanding that they lift the lockdown on friday they want which is um like two days from now um in the morning after like all these protests happened the government said that it would lift the lockdown in stages but they didn't really go into specifics of like when they would start what would stage one look like um kind of like what would it look like if they lifted the lockdown um and so we'll see how they respond to that. Um, but yeah, in Shanghai on Saturday, hundreds of people gathered for a candlelit vigil on Urumqi Road, which was where the fire took place in an apartment in that area. And um, they mourned the fire victims. Many held up blank sheets of white pe- paper, which was a symbolic protest against like the censorship that happens in china and they chanted quote need human rights need freedom and this is really significant not only because of like the messages people are sending out but also because protests are pretty rare in china like in the u.s we definitely have a lot of protests over like we saw that a lot with black lives matter movement or just like different movements and social issues that people are very passionate about um but in china it's not quite a as common as it is in the u.s because there's a lot of censorship which basically means that like 
they're able to like have control over what the public sees in news and like on TVs and like on their phones and stuff like that. So they have a lot of like strict and tight control over that type of stuff. Um, and then they also have like surveillance systems and stuff. It's like a whole thing. Um, but definitely like the way of life in China is a lot different than it is like in the U.S. just in the sense of not only just the strict government requirements but also like the less frequency of protests which makes this so monumental um but so there were scuffles from the Shanghai protests on Saturday between demonstrators and police and actually arrests were made in the early hours of the morning. And one Shanghai protester um, said he was one of around 80 to 110 people detained in the city on Saturday night, which is a lot because that's just one instance. And that's that's a lot of people being detained for um protesting so yeah so the government is responding um nothing huge but there's definitely been a response so yeah it's it's not a good situation but um luckily some people are able to like share their opinions and get them out there and hopefully we'll we'll see what the government response is because a lot of people are saying that like if China was to like get rid of the zero COVID policy, it could lead to like huge certain cases, which is, would also be bad. So it's like, it's just hard to determine what the right answer would be or like how you can even proceed from there. So yeah, not a good situation. But um, that's that update. But um, moving on to another update, this is kind of more of a continuation from one of last week's update, and it's about the Walmart shooting. So last week, um, I did a short update on it, but it was like right after it had happened, like literally the day after I did the update on it. So it was really recent. There wasn't a whole lot of um, just information on it, but now a lot more has been revealed. So I'm just going to give an overview of what happened and then go into more detail. So the shooting took place on Tuesday, November 22nd, and six people were killed inside a Walmart in Chesapeake, Virginia, and six others were wounded. And basically the shooter was a manager at Walmart and his name was Andre Bing. He had worked there since 2010, which is 12 years. Like he had definitely been there for a pretty long time. Um, and he actually is dead as well. He, um, but one of the employees who survived the shooting and like witnessed everything that happened said the shooter was a manager she was quote told to look out for because there was always something going on with him having an issue with someone so um a lot of people had said basically he just had issues with people um he didn't get along with a lot of people very well um and they were told to look out for him which is kind of like a big red flag there um but anyway, so the employee who survived said they all were gathered in a break room before the beginning of their shift so they could figure out how to allocate work and stuff. And they said, quote, as soon as my team lead said, all right, guys, you know, we have a light night tonight. I looked up and my manager just opened the door and he just opened fire. Um, and the shooter said nothing when he opened fire and, quote, he wasn't aiming at anybody specifically. He just started shooting throughout the entire break room. So it was obviously a really devastating and traumatic event for everyone involved and everyone who knew the victims. Um and the police chief said he wasn't aware of any other weapons besides a pistol that was used in the shooting um but the gunman he was dead by the time the police arrived but uh, 
after the incident, a lot was kind of revealed. So the police found a death note on Bing's phone and Bing was the shooter where he basically had a list of people he didn't like or people he had a problem with. Um, and that's just really problematic um, that he he was clearly very troubled and had a lot of issues. Um, and that was kind of one of the things that was brought up after. An employee at Walmart actually has sued the company for $50 million um, because months before the shooting, the employee um, had actually filed a written complaint over the gunman's, quote, bizarre behavior before the shooting. So basically, this employee had made a complaint against the shooter before the shooting took place, and nothing came of it. Um so, and she was also very, like, traumatized from the incident because the bullets, she said, barely missed her and whizzed past her head, so she easily could have um, died that day, which is just really scary. And the lawsuit alleges that Walmart management knew of the gunman's behavior and threats even before the shooting and chose to do nothing about it. And the person who's filing the lawsuit, the employee, is named Danya Prelu. And um, she's suing Walmart for negligent hiring and retention, as well as respondent to uh, superior liability. Um, so those are just kind of fancy terms. But basically, they're saying that not only did they, um, basically, they shouldn't have kept him as an employee after they had received so many complaints for her. They shouldn't have ignored her complaints, which is essentially what they did. Um, and the gunman was apparently disciplined several times while working there, which is really interesting that like nothing happened, even though he was disciplined several times. Um, and the lawsuit talked about different instances. One of them was when the gunman asked Pelu, who's the employee, quote, if she liked guns and told others at Walmart that he ran over a turtle on purpose once. So just really like odd weird remarks um and then the lawsuit also talked about how he had harassed Perlu for being poor and short and there was just all this stuff um that had happened so basically it was kind of clear that he was troubled so this employee employee could definitely tell and it was just really frustrating that nothing was coming of that and he continued to be a manager there at walmart um so i certainly hope i think this is kind of a big i think it's definitely a landmark thing just because it's someone who's able to like talk about how they weren't like heard or like how they their complaints weren't properly managed and nothing came of it um and i think this could definitely if she is to win the lawsuit this could definitely change the way that like businesses handle complaints like that about harassment or just about um anything in general um so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with the lawsuit we'll definitely follow up on it if um new things happen with that but all right, so that's the end of that update. But moving on, the Senate has actually passed a bill to protect gay and interracial marriage. So that's a big step. Um, and it happened on Tuesday that the legislation was passed. Um, and the bill is called Respect for Marriage Bill. Um, so it's basically like, yeah, it's protecting gay marriage and interracial marriage, like in the same bill. Um, and the final vote was 61 to 36. So it passed pretty easily. Like, there, sure, there 
was some people who didn't uh, support it, but the majority of people in the Senate did. Um, And it's not official yet because it hasn't been passed by the House of Representatives. So not only does it need to be passed by the Senate, but it needs to be passed by the House too. And it hasn't... um, we're not sure if the house will pass it yet um and then but if they do then biden can sign it and it can be official which will be pretty cool um and biden said in a statement quote for millions of americans this legislation will safeguard the rights and protections to which lgbtq plus and interracial couples and their children are entitled he also said it was a quote bipartisan achievement and i think especially at a time after the club q shooting in such a devastating event this is definitely kind of a sign of hope um just towards hopefully our country just being more accepting in general um but so legalizing gay marriage is left up to the states and not the national government so the bill doesn't necessarily like make all states legalize same-sex marriage so it's not saying that they have to but it is saying that they have to recognize other states legalization of it um so a a burgeful v hodges was kind of like the landmark case for same-sex marriage um and it could potentially be overturned people are speculating over whether it will be because they might start to like re look at that like they did with other things um and it could potentially be overturned so if that did happen this bill couldn't force any state to legalize same-sex marriage but as i said it would make it would force them to recognize other states if they had legalized that um so actually support for same-sex marriage has been rising and polls have shown that 71 percent of people in june supported it as compared to 27 percent in 1996 so it's definitely been increasing um and the bill was also written in a specific way that would appeal to some people so um like for example the bill made it clear that religious organizations wouldn't be required to perform same-sex marriages so if um um a same-sex couple wanted to get married at like a church the church could refuse they didn't necessarily have to marry that couple um but it would still be legal for them to get married but um it would also be legal for that church to not like marry them so that's just interesting so we'll see what happens with that bill also (laughs) um definitely if it's passed we'll make that an update um and then this is my last update for the episode so it's about nancy pelosi so nancy pelosi is actually um stepping down from her position as majority leader um and she was the democratic majority leader in the house of representatives um and basically the majority leader kind of has a lot of roles they can schedule legislation organize plans and they're often like a spokesperson on major issues she was definitely very well known um to a lot of people and she definitely um was able to like speak out about issues um but she announced that she was stepping down from her role as majority leader after serving for two decades so she definitely served for a long time um and she'll remain a member of congress like in the house until the end of her term but she's not gonna seek re-election after that um and midterms have been like going on basically recently um 
which actually we did a prior update about, so check that out if you want more information on that. But she said, quote, for me, the hour has come for a new generation to lead the Democratic Congress that I so deeply respect. And I'm grateful that so many are ready and willing to shoulder this awesome responsibility. And she's also 83 years old, which is like normally people retire before that. So um, and she hasn't announced any future plans yet. But in terms of, like, why she's retiring, she did say that the attack on her husband, Paul Pelosi, was a factor in this decision. And basically what happened was a man named David DePape broke into Nancy Pelosi's home. when And she was away at the time, but her husband was at the house. And the attacker hit Paul Pelosi with a hammer and injured him before the police finally appeared. And he was injured, but he's okay now. But still, it was just a really terrible incident that shed a lot of light on kind of, like, the political state of our country um but and just like speaking of DePape, who's the one who broke in um he's actually expected to appear before court for preliminary hearings on december 14th um and he actually pled not guilty which is very interesting i don't know how you can uh, get away with that but um basically in terms of who's going to be taking over that position, House Democrats chose Representative Hakeem Jeffries of New York to take over the role of House Majority Leader for Democrats. And he'll actually become the first Black figure to lead either chamber in Congress in the history of the U.S. So it's definitely like a really big thing. It's a great step in the right direction. Um, and... He said, quote, together, this new generation of leaders reflects the vibrancy and diversity of our great nation, and they will reinvigorate our caucus with their new energy ideas and perspective. Um, and he, Jeffries didn't really face any opposition, so it wasn't much of an election. Um, there was unanimous support from Democrats, so it was really, um, he really smoothly, like, basically took that position. But, um some of his beliefs like he's not opposed to medicare for all and he's also backed the idea of a 15 dollars per hour federal minimum wage so raising it um and in his acceptance speech he promised to reach across the aisle whenever possible and resist extremism when necessary so it sounds like he's gonna try to be more like moderate and not necessarily just like go for things just because they align with his party and kind of be more of just like a um voting on issue by issue type of um person so that's interesting so yeah that's all the updates i have for this week i hope you enjoyed and i hope you learned something and as always um let us know if you have any episode suggestions um dm us if you have any questions email us um check out our bio where we have our social media and all the sources linked and um stay tuned so all right, bye.